0: welcome to the inspired Word of God today I want to focus on being caught unaware to be caught unaware is to have something or someone sneak up on you when you least expect it and that's how I view the devil He tries to sneak up on us and catch us at unawares. And he can do that pretty easy because we make it easy for him based on how we choose to live our life. Focusing on the cares of this life can consume you to the point that you lose focus on God and what he wants for you. We tend to get caught up in what we want things we need to do or want to do, and the list just goes on and on. We set aside those things we once heard or read about regarding God and His Word. The devil wants to consume everything in our life, and he wants us to be so consumed with everything in our life that we don't give any thought to our eternal destination if you are someone who believes that once saved is always saved i believe it places you at risk for the devil to catch you at unaware matthew 7:21 states Not every one that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them. I never knew you depart from me ye that work iniquity. We hear that scripture of John three sixteen many many times over and people grab a hold of it and they say once saved always saved but if once saved always saved was the case. All of those mandates and ordinances and instructions that God gives us to live by, what would be the the need for them? What would be the purpose of them? They're not just for people who are unsaved. They're for us too. Because once we become saved, we still need to live a righteous life we need to live according to how he tells us john 3:16 down to 21 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world For everyone that doeth evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth come to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. You have to come to a belief. You have to believe in God. Reprove means to disapprove or censor. You have to accept the light and step out of the darkness. There are those who do not want to step out of the darkness because there is no approval in the deeds of their sin. John 10.10 The thief comes not but for to still kill and destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am a person who does not believe that once saved is always saved because I believe that after we ask God to forgive us of our sins we need to turn away from those sins and we need to live according to God's commandments and mandates. It says in Matthew 7.21, Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So to do God's will, you have to follow his commands, his mandates, his instructions, and live according to them. That's doing his will. And if we're not doing his will, we're doing our own will. When we do what God tells us and we live according to his word, doing what he has mandated, we are doing and living according to God's will. I believe when you fall back into sin, you have to go back and ask for forgiveness again turning once more away from that thing or that situation that keeps you bound in the sin. Some people live how they want to live and they do whatever they want to do because they believe that once they were saved, maybe as a child or as a teenager, they are still walking in that saved status and then when they die, they're going to go into heaven and they're going to walk into heaven No matter how they live down here. If once saved was always saved. God would have put the Ten Commandments in there. The other mandates. And you would hear no more about it. You would hear nothing about a warning from backsliding. Or submitting to God. You would hear nothing in the scriptures as they move forward in the Gospels. You would hear nothing else. The Ten Commandments would be there and you go and you live your life and you do whatever you're going to do no matter how much sin it is and that's that. But I don't believe it it was meant to be that way. He gave us instructions, he gave us commandments and as you read through the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's instructions in there on how he wants us to live in order to live a righteous life. And he tells us throughout the Word to avoid sin, to stop sin. And he names the different sin that's out there that he wants us to steer clear of. So I believe personally, that a person who falls from grace and they go back into sin, well, you're going to have to go back and ask God to forgive you of that sin again and repent, which is to turn away from it and not go back to it again and strive as best you can to live according to how God wants you to live. Some people say, God is merciful, and it's the grace and mercy that covers us. And God is merciful. He gives grace, and he gives mercy. And I believe that. But I don't believe that you can just continue to be draped and drenched in sin, and keep doing whatever you want to do, because basically... If you're in sin, you're doing the exact thing that God told you not to do. And you're in opposition to God. So I don't believe that you can be drenched in sin and keep doing whatever you want to do and then ride into heaven on grace and mercy. He tells us not to do stuff. And he gives us a brain. He gives us a will. God says he's coming back for a church Without blemish. So if he's coming back for a church without blemish, you can't use any little thing as an excuse to sin and say, well, I'm human. I make mistakes. Yes, we are human and we do make mistakes. But if he's coming back for a church without blemish, then all that sin that you're drenched in, you're going to have to do some cleaning up major cleaning up. Because how are you going to walk into heaven having lived your life however you want it to be it stealing, rape, murder, uh, selfishness, meanness, a multitude of sexual sins and then you just walked right into heaven you're not going to walk right into heaven having that dirt on you having that sin dripping off of you there is no sin in heaven and you're going to have to clean yourself up before you get there not after everybody looks at god's commandments and his his rules of living, his instructions for life, and they always want to throw it into the Old Testament, and and they say, "Well, it it was in the old days. That's it's, it doesn't apply now, but it does apply. It applies for for every generation that to come, and for us while we are here on Earth, and we have that opportunity." To clean up and get it right. But yes, in Exodus 23, 24, it says, Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works. But thou shalt utterly overthrow them, and quite break down their images. So, he speaks about idolization. And this, yes, is in the Old Testament. But he doesn't want us to have idols. He doesn't want us to have any gods, false gods, before him. He's the only God, the one true God. And that goes for us now and for generations to come as it went for them in the ancient days. In Luke twenty-one thirty-four, And take heed to yourselves, lest... At any time, your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. When you are in a drunken state, your inhibitions are lowered, and you find yourself in deeper sin than probably what you would have gotten into had you not been inebriated. So he talks about drunkenness, he talks about sexual sins, idolization. He tells us in the New Testament, you know, to be kind to people, treat people the way we want to be treated. For everything that we come up with and do, and they did way before we come along, he already laid out those instructions and commandments for us to do and not to do. Because he knew what was coming. He saw. He knew what people would do once they got down here. In Ezekiel 18.4, Behold, all souls are mine, and the soul of the Father. So also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sins, it shall die. In Leviticus through 30 if you read that, It speaks of the unlawful sexual sins. Everything from homosexuality to bestiality to incest. It covers all of it. And all of those different relations that these people back then had. And once again, somebody might say, well, that was in the old days, the ancient days. Well, that sexual sin is still going on today. And it will continue to go on until Jesus returns, because there are some people who just will not turn away from it. They embrace it. It is who they are. They don't want to hear anything different, and so there, there will be no change for them. But that doesn't mean that it's okay in the sight of God. But society says we need to do these things and be these things if that's what we want and society adjusts itself to the sin no matter what the sin may be sexual sin or otherwise society adjust its way of thinking its way of doing things and that everybody fits in together but just because society says it's okay mandates or makes it the end thing for everybody to be happy and to do whatever they want to do, that doesn't make it okay for God. Romans 1, 26 and 27, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. I give these scriptures so that we recognize that the subject matter is not just discussed in the Old Testament, as I was saying. And basically from Matthew all the way to Revelation, It will cover every generation. We have the ancient days in the Old Testament, and we have the current, present time now, and all the generations to come after us. And of course, Revelation is the end times. This subject matter is ongoing, and God gives instructions and mandates about it throughout his word for us to follow. God sees these things and many others as sin. You can't dress in sin and walk the streets of gold in eternal paradise up in heaven. There is no sin in heaven. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, we all have. You will not take the sin in your heart into heaven. It needs to go while you're still here on earth. And you're the only one who can let it go. God gives us free will. He's not going to make us move around like he's the puppeteer and we're puppets on a string. He gives everybody free will to choose and to be what they will be. And yes, we do fall short, but it's up to us to get back up, make the choice and the decision to live how God wants us to live. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. 1 John 1 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The point I'm trying to make is, if once saved was always saved, what would be the reason for all of this talk about sin and living the way God wants us to live? What would be the purpose of it? like I asked earlier. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confessing the sin cleans you, and God will forgive you if you ask. Then you need to turn away, from that sin, in repentance. But some folks will walk through this process of asking God to forgive them and then go right back into the same sin that they just asked God to forgive them for. They go deeper into sin as they continue to live in unrighteousness. And then they have this thought in their, their mind that when they die, they're just going to walk right into heaven. Satan is watching and waiting for this mindset so that he can catch you at unawares. He will take you out in a heartbeat and you will find yourself in the pits of hell for eternity, in eternal damnation, eternal torment because you walked around with the deception of thinking you were saved as you continued to live an unrighteous life doing whatever you wanted to do thinking that you were going to go into heaven when you died but you weren't right with god so instead you fell into hell if god has placed someone in your path to tell you to stop doing something heed those words it isn't his desire that anyone perish we've already read that when we read john 3:16 to 21 Matthew seven thirteen and 14 Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there will be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. That straight gate That word straight is not S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T, straight, which means to move forward without bend, angle, or curve, an exact vertical or horizontal perfect plane. That straight right there is not the straight they are talking about. They're talking about S-T-R-A-I-T, Straight, which means a narrow passage that affords little space, a confined area, a position of difficulty, distress, or need, strict requirements or principles. He tells us to enter in at the straight gate. This way is narrow and it will be difficult, as we already know from trials and tribulations that we go through. But this gate is a position of difficulty because there are strict requirements and principles that we have to adhere to, such as the 10 commandments, his mandates, his precepts, his ordinances, all of his instructions throughout his word that he tells us to live by. If we keep our eye on the straight gate, S T R A I T, and strive with everything in us to live how he wants us to live, heaven can be our eternal home. But backing up to Matthew seven thirteen, where it says, "Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate." and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. He tells us to enter that straight gate because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. That wide gate that leads to destruction leads to hell and many will go there because they refuse to focus on that straight gate, that narrow path of right living because you will face difficulties in life and there are strict requirements that God wants us to live by those strict requirements are a direct conflict to the sin that most people want to live they want to satisfy the flesh they want all of those things that are pleasurable. The thing is, most of those things that they're wanting they're sin draped in sin and that sin is in opposition to God. And as I stated earlier with free will, there are just some people who will live how they're going to live and they don't care if it's considered sin. That's what they want. That's how they want to live. And they don't believe that they're living in direct opposition to God's word. But he tells us that that broad gate is wide. And there's many who are going through the wide gate. Instead of focusing on that straight gate. And to live for him, to strive to live for him. Nobody said it would be easy. You have the demonic forces coming against you because you choose to be a Christian and live for God. So you've got that force against you. But they're not stronger than God. He is all power. And they can only do what he allows. So as long as you have him, you have all you need. And you will go through trials. think about it, if you don't serve him, you're going to go through trials. You're just not thinking about the bad stuff you're going through. You're living it every day. So people focus on, well, now I'm serving God, so I shouldn't be going through bad things. But that's not true. He never said that we would never go through trials and tribulations down here. But he is here with us and for us. Luke thirteen twenty four says the same. It says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Because we are still breathing down here, we have every opportunity and every chance to seek God and to live right and to get it right before it's time for us to leave this earth. Matthew 3, 2. And saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A lot of times when we hear that particular scripture, we think about the people who are saying, the kingdom is at hand, the kingdom is at hand. And they're talking about the end times. Keep in mind, nobody is promised tomorrow. So the kingdom is at hand. It could be at hand right here, right now for you and hopefully you're striving so that once it is at hand for you that you can walk on in Proverbs 9 6 forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding we should always seek to get understanding from God and we can do that through his word and prayer Don't allow temptation and sin to pull you down. Get back up and return to God. If you've fallen, just get back up. Isaiah 55, 7 states, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon Galatians 5.24 And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Cut off and let go of those things that are keeping you in bondage to sin. Because it truly is a matter of life and eternal death. When we repent and ask for forgiveness, God blots those sins out. So why go back and have that sin be a mark against you once again. 2 Corinthians 6.17 Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There are not only things that cause sin in this life, but there's also people. There are some people you are running around with that God is telling you to come out from among them. Get yourself right and clean up for the Lord and stop doing the things that you and your friends are doing. I've read several different scripture to give you clarity that the Lord is talking about all of these different things that we do and how he wants us to gain that understanding and follow him. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The danger is that people believe they can go through the process of getting saved, then go back to their sinful way of living, and believe that that spiritual passport will always be there to walk them right into heaven when they die. If you want that spiritual passport to heaven, abide by God's laws and strive to live that righteous life and let go of the sin. My closing prayer, Lord, make it plain. Remove the deception from hearts, spirits, and minds. You have laid out those mandates and instructions for right living. I pray that we will not be caught at unawares, caught off guard, because we want to live our life according to our own way. Make it plain so that everybody can see clearly your plan of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.